Welcome to Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, where we introduce corporate leaders who have taken the leap to business owner and participate with their great idea in our guest blog found on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Shelly Goldstein. Shelly is a keynote speaker, a corporate trainer, and speaking coach who shares a formula for overcoming knee-knocking panic. And she joins us from Los Angeles, California. It is my pleasure to introduce and welcome Shelly Goldstein. Oh, hi, Trish. So glad to be here today. I have been waiting for our conversation because you have built a business sharing a really unique approach to public speaking and overcoming fear. And you even mentioned on your website that you were your first customer. So perhaps you can share a little bit about this concept behind ultra speaking games. I'm clearly intrigued. Well, I, <clears throat> I believe the journey, the journey is sometimes we think too much. We, we approach the journey with an agenda, with a, here's my goal. And that's great having a goal. But for me, I stepped into my speaker role, just, I was pushed into it. And there was sort of like a moment of shock and awe and silence. And then something clicked. And it was very, it was my surprise and very kind of exciting that something clicked and I was able to present in a moment where I was just paralyzed with fear. So in my journey of figuring out how did that confidence suddenly just appear out of nowhere and going down the road, I was trained myself using games. And what I learned was the idea of ga learning gamification or learning with gamification as a tool, it lowers the risk. It brings us to a childlike mindset where we could just be at ease, not have too many thoughts, too many preconceived ideas, and just go for it. And through that gamification is how I learned to kind of just settle and calm. Uh, you know, every bit, we all do public speaking. I mean, whether you, if you're in sales, you're doing a sales pitch or speaking to it's one-to-one. -one. And, you know, if you're in a group meeting with your colleagues, you're actually doing some form of public speaking when it's more than two people, right? So whether you have an audience of one or an audience of a hundred, I would think that these kinds of tools that you share with people really help them collect their thoughts and be able to convey their message with confidence. Well, absolutely. And, and it's true. The definition of public speaking is in front of one or more people. Right. One. Right. You're talking to one person. It's a conversation. That's yep. public. You're speaking publicly and outward. So it could be one to one, one to many, one to any. Right. right. And size, contrary to public belief, doesn't necessarily matter because people get stage fright, whether they're talking in front of a few people or millions. What's mm -hmm. the difference? Not mm -hmm. the size. It's what's happening internally. It's right. the belief. Right, right. Now you were a marketing executive and you had a digital career when you were very creative. How did you make the transition from something that was so creative and innovative and sharing all of those great ideas to something where you get in front of a stage and convey a message? Well, like I mentioned earlier, I kind of was forced into it mm -hmm. as a designer. And then, you know, it was more about 
my tool was clothing to express character. Uh, and I worked my way into graphic design and then that naturally led to branding and marketing. And it was more about the message. My tool was the messaging. Yeah. And I was great at producing webinars and setting up conferences and writing keynote speeches. And that's how it happened. One day the keynote didn't show up and I was there and they're like, well, you wrote this thing, get out there and present it. Wow. What? Exactly. Wow. That was where I was forced. I had talk about no time to, think, to prepare. Yeah. Right. And now through that journey that I explained about going through, how did I unearth that? What happened? How was I able to present and have, because at the end people were coming up to me and asking me lots of questions and engaging and, oh, that was a great presentation. And I was like, what did I just do? Right. And that's what I went to unlock. And now my tool of communication of expressing character is through our verbal communication, our verbal expression. So right. it's that lineage of expression. Sure. You know, one of the things I've often heard speakers say is they try to get a connection or a vibe from their audience. Mm. And I know that that can be a pro and a con, right? I mean, it depends on, on who's in that, those few front rows and who you make eye contact with. Is there a tip that you can share with our viewing and listening audience when you're in front of a stage, which is obviously to more than two, um, and you're trying to make that connection with the audience or you're trying to engage them in some way in your conversation? Is there something that you can share in this, this gaming technique that would help them to overcome that obstacle? Well, for starters, it's a lot about a mindset shift because we can't try to convince people. We can't try to engage. We can't try to get somebody to like us. We can be ourselves. We can connect with our beliefs, our truths, and share that in a conversational way. Right. We also can't control what others think and how they feel. But those that do connect with what we're saying and align are really how we build our tribe, how we align with people and how we engage and connect. And one of the games to answer that piece of the question is really a method that I use that's kind of like a grinding technique. Express yourself in 90 seconds, your one main idea, bring it down to 60 seconds, and can you finally do it in 30 seconds? And really honing it in and narrowing that focus to get so clear on your message then you go back and you start to add in experiences. What experiences support my one idea? Right, right. And we share those. And you know, that's a really great way to build your deck, right? I mean, every speaker has, you know, some folks like a teleprompter, other folks like cue cards, other folks memorize, you know. Yeah. There's many different methods to Absolutely. conveying the message, right? And it just depends on your comfort level. Exactly. I'm terrible at memorization. It is, that is exactly where I, you know, dates, facts, figures, it is just guaranteed I'll get up there and I will forget. But I do use little prompts. If it's a simple two, three bullet points, I can give a 30 minute presentation on three mm -hmm. bullet points. Because right. when we start reflecting on our experiences, what we've shared, how we've taken that journey, the bullets will kind of trigger that. Sure. We lived it. We don't have to write it out word for word. And then it also sounds a little more organic. And that's where right. 
the conversational piece comes in and we can be more ourselves because we're not performing, we're sharing. Right. So, you know, you've helped folks, I mean, all over the world. Clearly, you've been working with folks. You know, when I read your bio information, I mean, 40 countries is quite amazing that you've helped folks, you know, convey a message. Is there is there a, a particular familiarity that you found with the folks who really can kick it out of the park um, in terms of speaking that there's a common, say, skill, leadership skill that they all seem to possess that's common amongst folks that are really great speakers? Absolutely. The greatest speakers that I've worked with and that I've even, I admire and I've listened to myself are those that are most comfortable to not speaking. Right. It's taking those pauses to let the audience in and sort of bring in that energy and listen to the audience before you. You can prepare, mm -hmm. but listen to the audience that you have before me before you, because it could change the whole presentation and the effect and the impact of it. You know, that's so true because we all we're always trying to fill the dead air, right? And the dead air, if we reframe that as welcome space. Yes. Yeah. Opportunity to connect. And let the, let the audience sort of, you know, we're, we're sharing a lot of information. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, I cannot digest so many facts, but if you give me time to take it piece by piece, I could then process it. Cause our brains start processing when somebody says blue, blue car, you start thinking blue car. Oh, I remember that blue sky that yesterday we start to process what we hear or what we've heard. And are we listening to the rest of what you have to say so that space, that beautiful welcomed space is actually beneficial to letting the audience connect and catch up and digest. And now we're more effective because we have more impact on our key message as opposed to putting a lot of information. So dead air can be a good thing if you reframe yeah, it. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that there are some people that you admire, that you've heard speak, that you think, wow, that's really an amazing speaker. Have you ever had a mentor or a role model that has helped you in your business to sort of connect the dots and be able to take your great idea out to the world? Every client I work with, I learn from. Every single one, I am constantly learning because every client is different. You said, is there a commonality in their success? Well, there's also a commonality in their fear. People can come to me with all kinds of excuses, ideas. Uh, English is not my first language. Uh, my cultural background is different. Um, I was, you know, I'm an introvert. Whatever label we put on ourselves, the common theme is they don't feel confident. They don't believe in what they have is valuable or what they've done. So the whole idea of leaning into that belief across countries, across cultures, is just being your honest self. Right, right. And you know, that's, that's the scary, that's the fear really, is that someone's going to criticize 
what we're saying or their audience is not could connect with our message or you know some folks call it the imposter syndrome right like i i don't want to get up and share my message what if somebody doesn't agree what if what if they think that i'm crazy or you know the message doesn't resonate with the audience so to be able to find that level of confidence to overcome fear is really a wonderful connection it's like a great recipe and i love your connection with the the pause in creating a message creates an opportunity for people to catch up. And it's space to imagine, to think, to create. Right. Also, you mentioned about, you know, connecting with the audience. It's so important. But what if, and you said, what if we don't connect? Well, what if we do? And what if we just thought about, well, this is how I feel and I'm here to share with those who do. Again, we can't control what everybody's going through. We have no idea what people's mornings were like, what happened to them the next day, how they got to where they are. There's so little we could know. So let's work with what we do know. Sure. And that's a confidence piece. Here's what I've done. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, um, for those who are in our viewing and listening audience, and they may be an executive or an enterprise leader, and they're going to have to get up in front of their colleagues and do some sort of a presentation. You know, I find there's a different confidence level when we're sitting, as opposed to when we're standing. Is it the exposure element? We feel more exposed when we stand. And there's a certain level of comfort when we sit. Because I mean, I'm sure we've all been in meetings when you're sitting in a meeting and you're sharing a great idea, but you're sitting and you're not sort of center stage, so to speak. And you can articulate your message very, very easily. But sometimes just the physical standing up in front of your colleagues or a group of people is where the fear happens. <laughs> is that normal? It's normal to have those feelings, but I would challenge that idea again. Does it matter if it's one people or 10 people? Does it matter if there's air conditioning or not air conditioning? If you're wearing a blue shirt or a white shirt, if we stick on the things that may be problematic, we tend to do a disservice to ourselves as opposed to reframing it and saying, you know, Again, this is my message. This is how I feel. This is my experience. Let the energy of that, let that confidence in that you know your stuff. Right. And then, yes, you adapt to the environment, but the energy, if I'm really excited about something, I'm really excited about we landed a big client, a new client. The team just did an amazing job. We got the second gig. Does it matter if I'm sitting or standing? I have that energy, but maybe it's slightly different. Right. So if we take down the symptoms out of the picture and we just focus on the core issue at hand, right? it's like, a, the, again, back to the breath, the silence. It's like a magic eraser. Right. <laughs> everything ums and ahs, the, everything disappears. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. Now, one of, how have you found being an entrepreneur and making the transition? Because, you know, the wonderful thing about this platform is, you know, we've shared over 300 stories on the sharestories.online website. And, you know, we are now in episode 178. You're my 178th guest Woo! on the podcast. <laughs> I know, isn't that amazing? <laughs> is, there, is there something that, you know, you can share with folks who say, you know, oh, I'd love to go out on my own. I, I have this great idea. I'd love to be an entrepreneur. 
but I just don't know if I can leave my nine to five in order to do it. Is there something that you can share with folks that said, well, this is how I did it. I, you know, maybe I didn't quit my job on Friday and hang out the shingle on Monday. Maybe it was a transitionary period, right? You, you tested the waters a little bit first, or was there a set of circumstances that just pushed you right to the forefront and you said, I have to do this? Well, in my particular situation, I was pushed into the forefront. Okay. When, I mean, I look back when I was younger, I was a costume designer, and then I felt the business wasn't where I belonged, things had changed. So I went into fashion and then I switched into graphic design. And when I was younger, I did things with sort of just, I'm going to do it. Right. And I didn't put a lot of thinking behind it. Right. The older we get, or the older I got, inertia set in. And I stayed in a job for longer than I believe I could have. Right. And it wasn't until I was laid off after 15 years, a shock, that force pushed me right out right. that it's like, okay, what am I going to do next? And I found myself reverting back to my younger self of just going for it and not having the roadblocks. Yes, there's things that happen, but when you have a vision, you don't let all those little things completely hold you back. Right. You Do acknowledge you them, but you keep going because you have right. a bigger mission. Right. Well, that's a really wonderful story because, you know, there's so many people who have found themselves in similar situations and, but they're paralyzed by a different kind of fear because they think, wow, what, like, what do I do next? I, I'm, I'm too young to retire. You know, I, I'm too vital. I have so many more things to give, but making the transition, as you know, from that nine to five J-O-B into entrepreneurship is a huge leap of faith. And there's nothing wrong with having a job. There's nothing wrong with working Absolutely. for people. But something that I tapped into earlier as well is lean into what you've accomplished, lean into what you know. Yeah. Because when I looked back and thought of all the things I had to offer, I understood character. I understood character from a clothing perspective. I understood it from a messaging perspective. And putting it together, I now understand it from a verbal perspective. And when I leaned into what I know, it filled in so many more blanks. Sure, sure. So it was a natural progression to follow your passion. It was a natural progression, but I also didn't think about what am I going to do next? I've, I have no idea what's ahead of me to, well, what have I done well? What do I love? And how, what are the opportunities? How can I move that to the next level? Right. So how do you find your ideal client? Because, you know, I'm sure folks who are listening to us think, well, you know, there's lots of people who are speaking. You've worked in 40 countries around the world. How do people connect with Shelly? How do they find you? Is it a referral basis that you find, you know, you've worked with a, a few core clients and they now refer you to other people that are looking for your help? It's that I do get referrals. People also watch my YouTube channel and watch my videos and send me a DM. One just came in yesterday. I love what you said in bup, bup, bup conversation. Right. Maybe it's a snippet from this conversation. Right. Can you help me? I want to work with you. A oh, lot that's of fantastic. That's fantastic. Because I think, you know, we all wonder, does all this posting on social media, does it help? You know, does having a YouTube channel help? Does it make that connection? Does it bridge the gap? So it's really wonderful that you've been able to share that you actually get clients from sending out or posting really great nuggets of information that people can make a connection with. So kudos to you for that. That's a really wonderful way to bridge the gap. 
Well, Trish is a recovering marketer. <laughs> I do believe, and and I, you know, I spent so many years in marketing. It just doesn't work, you know, feel good to me. It's sure. not the thing I love to do. However, I do believe if it's relevant, if your content is relevant and your message is something you believe in and you're sharing, yes, social media could work. It's not to post just for the sake of posting. posting. Yeah. Yeah. It really has to have relevance. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So one of the things that we do in our guest blog is we ask folks to share three words of advice. And I really would like you to wrap up our conversation today by giving our viewing and listening audience uh, a sort of a synopsis as to why these three words are important to you. And they're actually really interesting because it says have more conversations. <laughs> That's right. I encourage people to have more conversations because if we think of every speech, every presentation to the board of directors, every pitch to a venture capitalist, every interview, every pre presentation to an audience as a conversation, we're sharing ideas. If we come from that perspective, it takes a lot of stress off. It's a confidence builder because now we realize we're there to share information, not talk at people. Right. It's been my best way, my pathway to confident speaking for sure, to remarkable speaking. <laughs> well, you know, I'd like to thank you for giving us some really great information that we can practically use, whether it's, you know, having a conversation with one or having a conversation with many. I think there's some really great opportunities for folks to make connections with you. And I love the fact that you've been able to share your own experience um, on how you were able to overcome fear uh, as a speaker. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. And thank you for the great questions and digging in. <laughs> <laughs> to you, our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you today for joining us for this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduced you to the person behind the logo. If you'd like to connect with our guest, you'll find our contact information in the description portion below. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. And for other inspirational stories, subscribe to our channel, Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.